It's time for the Sick, Tired, and Transcendent Podcast. But I'm tired of being tired of being tired. With Jasmine and Crystal. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sick, Tired, Transcendent. I am Crystal. Hey, Jasmine, how are you doing? I am doing well. Look, all things considering, that's my new, uh, <laughs> that's my new pandemically. All things considering, <laughs> considering I'm doing well. Oh, all right. So yeah, this episode, we are going to be talking about Dawn Wooten and her being a whistleblower. So fair warning, this episode is going to be talking about immigration, human rights, and reproductive justice. Before we jump in, the definition of reproductive justice from the Washington Post is the human right to have a child, to not have a child, to parent the children that we have in healthy and safe environments, to make sure there aren't food deserts or contaminated water or police bullets, conditions that do not make communities safe for the children we bring into the world. It's rooted in the human rights framework, and ultimately, reproductive justice is about the human right to bodily autonomy and self-determination. It doesn't just focus solely on abortion, but it also unapologetically centers it. RJ also centers the most marginalized and actively works to dismantle systems of oppression that historically have made it so that a choice is not always possible for marginalized communities. So I guess we're not talking about reproductive justice. We're talking about reproductive injustice. Yeah, pretty much. Our good sister, Don Wooten. And you know what? For me, like when I think about the extreme act of sacrifice that she has made, it's just not enough energy around the fact that she has like put her personal, I, I would say personal and professional safety on the line to really interrupt and disrupt a system as big as ICE when we know like how things work in this country. So Don Wooten was or is, I'm not really sure like where we are in terms of employment, a licensed practical nurse at a facility who then became a whistleblower. She was at the Irwin County Detention Center. That falls under the authority of the Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Its daily operations are run by a private corporation called LaSalle Corrections. The company operates seven immigration detention facilities in four states and its facility in Osceola. Texas, right? No, this is Georgia. This is Georgia. Oh. We're going to talk about Texas, though. <laughs> Which typically <laughs> houses some 800 immigrants, both men and women, have been notorious for inadequate medical care. A cursory review of the center that ICE conducted in 2017 found that floors and patients examination tables were dirty and the coronavirus pandemic has made the situation worse. Now that's an internal review. So, you know, people not going to really snitch on themselves. So if you're thinking about internal review and they telling you, we went in, we saw it was dirty. If we know it's dirty, then you can only imagine what the actual conditions are in the facility. So Crystal and myself have done some research. So there is a, um, OIG complaint put together by Project South. All of these things will be in the show notes. 
And I just want to give you two accounts of what's going on in the account. So during an interview with Project South, which is a local organizing group based in Georgia, we'll put their information in the show notes as well. So, you know, if you got it like that, maybe you should donate to them because they are boots on the ground. <laughs> um, so during the interview with Project South, one detained immigrant said that she was not given her breast cancer medication for six weeks. In addition, she requested medical care four times and waited more than two weeks and still did not see a single medical professional. She went on to say that the medical unit is not helpful at all, even if you're dying. She explained for everything, including serious illnesses, they just hand out ibuprofen. Another immigrant reiterated the same problem, saying that he did not receive his HIV medication for three weeks. He made five requests to see a doctor, but still had not seen one in over four weeks. He noted many individuals at Irwin have had the same problem. He stated, that's the major problem here, the medication. Now, that's that's just a count around the medication. There are other flags being raised here. One um, detained immigrant raised flags around the, in the unsanitary conditions at ICDC as a whole. This place is not equipped for humans, said one detained immigrant at Irwin. Another immigrant stated, this is the dirtiest facility I have ever been in. Everything is dirty. One shower for more than 50 people, one bathroom for all of us. I don't even know how to give more details because it's all nasty, really nasty. Only God is taking care of us here. Another immigrant told Project South, it's been hell, it's dirty, it's nasty, and there's mold. She went on to say the food is so bad, people can't keep it down. She explained that the food is often spoiled and oftentimes cockroaches and ants from the unit come into the food. Another immigrant stated the meals are disgusting. So as you see, the complaints go on and on. If you want to read the full report, there are 27 pages of this complaint on the facility. And all of them are essentially human rights violations, primarily against people that identify as brown and black people in this facility in the care of our state. So we are talking about state-sanctioned torture and violence against black and brown bodies at this point. Right. Like, even if people are detained, even I don't agree with just detaining immigrants for the hell of it but like even if you murder somebody and you're in prison you in my opinion you are still a human and you deserve certain human like decent rights like why are you giving people food that they can't keep down if you're going to torture somebody then that should be what the judge decides is what your punishment is going to be but it's not and then these are people that haven't necessarily done anything but they I mean, detained for what? And I agree. I, I mean, we have created a system with our immigration and customs enforcement where we have become the judge, the jury, and the executioner, and that is not our role. We are not trying to provide any type of refuge. Our whole immigration system, what is called illegal immigration, what is labeled illegal immigration, and what is labeled as legal immigration, both systems are screwed and like they thrive off anti-blackness, but just the fact that we are allowing people to like be in cages that's not even literally like talking about kids in cages adults in cages and now at this point women are being robbed of their right to even have children due to like not only just neglect but just illegitimate medical care that's mind-blowing 
Yeah, it's crazy. So again, we're talking about Don Wooten. And so she's the whistleblower who basically told on these people. So Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, said that basically if these allegations are true, the appalling conditions described in the whistleblower complaint, including allegations of mass hysterectomies being performed on vulnerable immigrant women, are a staggering abuse of human rights. This profoundly disturbing situation recalls some of the darkest moments in our nation's history. And side note, why Black people don't trust nobody. From the exploitation of Henrietta Lacks to the horror of the Tuskegee syphilis study to the forced sterilizations of Black women that Fannie Lou Hamer and so many others underwent and fought. Black and brown bodies have been tortured and used for basically like sick experiments forever. And people are like even now wondering why Black people don't want to sign up to be guinea pigs in these COVID vaccination studies. Again, I'm not saying that Black people shouldn't be a part of it because then once we are, of course, being forced, if you want your kids to go to schools and stuff like that, your kids are going to have to be vaccinated. For certain jobs, you're going to have to be vaccinated. If enough Black people aren't involved in the studies, then we won't have the right data. And a lot of times we react differently. So we need to know. But these are the reasons why we don't trust anybody to do anything on us because like it's still happening today. People are always talking about getting over the past and stuff, but it's still happening. I mean, if you think about it, it's happening every time you go to the doctor. I don't think there's been a time where, especially if we're talking about the OBGYN, I don't think there's been a time where there has not been slight bias, microaggressions, or like other things that have come up when I have personally went to the doctor. Like, even I told you, I'm ready to change my primary care doctor just because of some of the things that have come up in our conversations. It's happening every day there, the medical bias against Black people. And when you talk about reproductive justice, the medical bias against Black women, when a lot of times our numbers for fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis are a lot higher than other people. Breast we're, cancer, ovarian cancer. Yeah, breast cancer, ovarian cancer. Like we're not getting the care that we need. It's, it's quite alarming. Right. When the reason like we really wanted to talk about the whistleblowing, number one, it wasn't enough energy for Don and the sacrifice that she's making. The whistleblower for this ICE facility is a black woman. And like people are not taking into account like what can happen to her for trying to bring down that type of system. But I'm really wondering like what was underneath her thinking as she was thinking about like I'm going to try to bring down this facility. And I wonder, like, what brought her to that place? Yeah. Part of me thinks about how Black women are socialized as caretakers. At some point, does she feel like, well, if nobody else is going to step up and say something, then it's my responsibility? I mean, even in teaching, in my profession, a lot of times when there are teachers in an inner city school or something like that, or working in high poverty schools, which are mostly filled with black and brown kids, it's usually the teachers who are black and brown that will go through all of the abuses from administration, from the district, from the parents, from the students and everything, because we feel like we have to take care of everybody and everything because nobody else will. So I I wonder if that's part of like the socialization too. Yeah, I agree. I think there 
that socialization of black women has pushed us into like a obligatory caretaking role. It might not be everybody's true. I would say like for me, like in my personal experience, it has been my truth. There are a lot of times when we are obligated to caretake. I mean, I'm a person that has four brothers. So like the role of caretaking has been a theme in my life. And I've even, as far as recently taken stock, who are the caretakers for me in my life? Like if something happens, how is this going to show up? Because, you know, right now it's trendy to protect black women or like honor and protect black women. But if I see people saying that, but it's not showing up in that. When people saying protect black women, that needs to show up in your everyday action. And when I say protect Black women, that's not limited to people that are socially acceptable Black women. That's all Black women. You know, shout out to the brothers. They're, you know, trying to protect Black women. But at the end of the day, it needs to be all Black women, fat Black women, trans Black women. Poor um, Black women. Poor. Mm -hmm. Trans Black women. It needs to be all Black women. And because of how oppression has treated us, like, we deserve that care and protection. Now, look, here I go on a tangent. The the one thing that I have seen lately, that woman that was being harassed, was it Connecticut, like, outside of her home? Oh, her house and her neighbors were, yeah. They're still protecting her. Like, Black men are still protecting her, so. There was also, like, a politician or something, and she was being threatened by basically a small militia of white men with guns. She could not leave her office and black men had to come in with their own guns, knowing how different they would be treated if the cops came up and stuff to escort her out so that she can get home safe. Yeah. And that's the type of showing up that is like necessary in our community. But so then, but who is going to be taking care of Dawn? This is crazy. This goes back to like Snowden. Other than those two, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just oblivious to news and stuff and I wouldn't put it past me but like I haven't really heard of other whistleblowers like wouldn't you want to protect those people why does it have to be national news for everybody to know like get the information and do your job because now I'm sure there's like little Facebook warriors and all kinds of like all kind of people like I've been harassed on social media for much less right talking about blowing a whistle on a whole national system of people that is upheld by white supremacy. I can only imagine what that could be like. Why is the bag not over Don's head? Why is it like not that deep? But why is it not that deep? Our sis Don, we want her to be here tomorrow. Like, why are these type of protections not being in, put in place for her? <sighs> that really makes me think back to like our episode on who cares for the caretakers. Mm-hmm. Like if she's really trying to help all of these people I mean, I'm not, I don't know her. Maybe she's doing it because she was upset that she was about to lose her job or I don't think whatever. so. I mean, I'm not saying I think so, but I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily have to be that she's the most noble person in the world, even mm-hmm. though I'm going to think well of her because I don't know any different. But you know what, Crystal, when I look at this story, I'm not going to lie. This is something that you would do. This is such a Crystal thing. You yeah. would be... <laughs> I was like, you who? Like, No, you. I'm talking about you. <laughs> Why are you? This is such a Crystal thing. You would be the person that's like, nah, I got to blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. When we worked together, there were many times. We... <laughs> yeah, I'm always disruptive. I just come in throwing bows. Blow the bows. 
like I'm always disruptive all the time. But there will be many times where we're like skirting on the edge of getting fired, um, being essentially whistleblowers. I feel like this is such a thing that you personally, I can see you doing, taking on this work. Like, nah, we about to tear the whole thing down. And you would do it in the name of people. That's just your personality. A caretaker and like how you show up in this work. I could definitely see you being like, nah, I don't even care. We just about to take it all down, even though you got kids. And you know, oh, thank <laughs> you. But yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what Don's motivation, but as I read through the extended report it just seemed it was the way that she wanted to like show up for people in yeah. that time I don't know her and I hope that you know she's still being compensated and all of those things but it didn't seem like right the, that's what I mean though like detail that's what I mean though like I only imagine her just really caring to ruin your whole life yeah like, you have to know just because I got fired from a job I'm not going to ruin my life like, mm-hmm. I would find another job. It really is a noble act. It's, like, it's just so serious. And people are not taking it seriously. And nobody, the fact that we know so much about her, and mm-hmm. they could have released the reports and stuff without putting her name in there. Yeah. I want more from our own community. Like, you know how they be making those fan arts and stuff they be drawing all them pictures every time something happens like they probably got a picture right now with nancy pelosi dapping up tupac Who knows? <laughs> but like this is what don deserves she is a hero in this community the, the way that she has stepped out and done this work yeah. she deserves honor she deserves protection i'm hoping that she is still being gainfully employed and compensated but I'm not sure. We know all the facts that we don't need to know. We want to know if she is safe, cared for, and nurtured, and we don't know nothing about that. I guess to get back into what she actually did, she made these, well, she made a lot of claims, but there were two major claims. It was about COVID exposure, which a lot of people act like it's not serious, but it is serious, especially when you're in places like that with a whole bunch of people and it gets spread really quickly. And then the other claim was on forced hysterectomies. And if you don't know what a hysterectomy is, it's basically when they cut out your uterus. So people who have uteri, is that the plural? Uteruses? Please don't. Don't get me on on this line, line. People that have uteruses, yeah, they, they cut them out. But fun fact, I don't know how fun it is, way back when, and I've learned about this, I think in high school, one of my favorite short stories is called The Yellow Wallpaper. It's really short. You should read it if you have not. It's about a woman who basically her husband, you know, like husbands used to be able to tell wives what to do. And if they didn't listen, they were basically crazy. They be trying it now. Yeah, right. But but this woman had a baby and they basically told her she was crazy. So they locked her in a room and it's about what happens to her, like her mental state and stuff as she's in this room after they took her child from her, basically, and she can only see the baby from the window. So anyway, back to the fun fact. The word hysteria comes from the Greek root hystera, which means uterus. So when you like are in an argument with somebody, you're like, you're just being hysterical. It means crazy or super emotional. But originally, it was believed that hysteria and the symptoms that came with it um, were caused by a defect in the womb. When doctors were real slow and just doing whatever they wanted to do, like kind of like lobotomy type times, they would take out a woman's uterus and they felt like that would be a cure for her acting crazy or acting against a man. 
Oh, wow. So that's where the word hysteria comes from. Oh, wow. Was it the more you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there were other complaints that Dawn made. The, at the ICE Center, they refused to test detainees for COVID-19. They shredded medical records submitted by detained immigrants. They fabricated medical records allowed employees to work while symptomatic and awaiting COVID-19 test results. And actually, this is part of the reason that Dawn got in trouble where like a lot of this started is because she said that she was facing retaliatory reprimand and demotion back in July after she missed work while awaiting the results of a COVID-19 test. So I guess she was like, well, I'm not going to work until I know if I have it because I'm not trying to get people sick. And then she got in trouble. But also she claimed that they were withholding information from detainees and employees about who actually tested positive, underreported COVID-19 cases, and allowed the transfer of detained immigrants, including those who have tested positive for the virus. Wow. And there's a lot more in the 20-something pages. Of yeah, it. including unsafe living and working conditions on top of all of these other things. And the CDC guidelines are very strict around like gatherings and they are still having transfers in and out of the facility in the middle of a pandemic, which is completely unsafe. Right. Because I mean, transferring in, even having people that work there come in if they have symptoms or if they think that they've been exposed will expose everybody in the center, but also transferring people out. And like, if you put them in communities or put them somewhere else, that's spreading it to who knows where. This is really crazy. Yeah. I know one of the other things that I saw raised as a thing throughout the report was that people with language barriers were often treated worse than other detainees. They were not given access to translators. They were not given access to translation services through the landline phone that you can call on. So imagine seeking medical treatment in a facility that's literally out here snatching people's uterus and you are not given access to someone that speaks your native or your home language in that time. That has to be not only incredibly scary, but I don't even know how many human rights violations are wrapped up in like the way that this facility is being run on top of we're in a pandemic right now. Right. <sighs> when we talk about like the ice centers, it makes me think about like who was actually in them. Before we started even thinking about this, you know, people talk about ice. We think of like immigrants from Mexico or from Honduras or somewhere like that. That's not even the majority of the people. Yeah. So when we started to talk about like what this episode would be about, I was thinking about Dawn like as a person and like how she is showing up and protecting her people. A fact that a lot of people do not know is that, first of all, before I even get into the fact, Black immigration is completely different. I can tell you that on my end from legal immigration with my husband. Black immigration is completely different from white immigration Anti-blackness not only affects every system of oppression that we navigate in life, it definitely affects immigration. And who is in the eye center is black people. So like Don was acting in a way that was protecting her people. Just some like facts here. So 
the majority of people in detention centers right now are from Haiti. We know what the racial composition and identity markers are of people that are identified that they are from Haiti. Not saying that they... Typically, <laughs> black, 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 and uh, black, 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 um, black, black, and he, black, 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 and uh, he had uh, black, 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 and uh, oh, black, yeah, and uh, he walked with a black. Right. They black. They are black. And not saying like that's every single person, right. not completely inclusive, not leaving out everyone, but we know what Haitian people look like. <laughs> let's let, let keep it a book <laughs> we know what Haitian people look like not only has the U.S. just basically fucked over Haiti since its inception um, yeah like I was thinking about this the other day first of all the U.S. owe Haiti some reparations anyway because we wouldn't even own half of our land if Haiti ain't bankrupt the French flipping over the tables so like we owe them, we owe them anyway. So Haiti is one of the countries in, I think it's the poorest nation in the Western hemisphere. Like their GDP is close to what Sub-Saharan Africa, some countries in Sub-Saharan Africa are. A major factor in that is that the U.S. has played a close role in the economic and political activity in Haiti. We refuse to recognize Haiti as a country for 60 years. We put in trade policies, military occupations, and other systems that then limited Haiti's access to wealth and wealth building. And so now here we are today. So whenever they try to put that little text up after the earthquake, like we were trying to help somebody, we weren't trying to help nobody. Although Haiti was colonized by the French, it was, as my family would say, it was right with its clothes on by the U.S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like they you know how you know how we do <laughs> like in this country but yeah so we have always screwed over Haiti so in the Carnes County Residential Center which is in Texas so another one in the south not in Georgia not in Florida where you would like think immediately like this is going to be Haitian immigrants this is in Texas 44% of the detainees there are Haitian more than any other nationality not only are they being detained more often, but it's also difficult for them to be released. For the bond system with ICE, you, you can pay thousands of dollars to be released. So the average bond for other nationalities was around $10,500. But the bonds paid by Haitian immigrants was $16,700, which is 54% higher than for other immigrants. They're locking up Black people we are then, it's harder for us to get out. So we stay in this detention center longer because of the disparity in the bonds. There are also, Black immigrants are also more likely to be deported. 7% of non-citizens of the U.S. are Black, but we make up 20% of the people facing deportation on criminal grounds. And that's from the Black Alliance 
for just immigration. And I'm going to link all of this. No, the show notes are going to be rich this week because we have a lot of resources to link. And like we said, like it's cages. So everybody is being locked up. So it's even worse for black immigrants. So immigrants from Africa and the Caribbean make up about 4% of people in the detention centers from 2012 to 2017. But they represented 24% of solitary confinement lockups over that time you are six times more likely to be sent to a solitary confinement if you identify as a black immigrant. We are locking people up, making it a harder experience, making it harder to get out. But on top of that, we aren't giving asylum to black immigrants. Black immigrants face higher barriers to asylum. So with the 10 nationalities with the most asylums from 2012 to 2017, Haitians had the second highest denial rate at 87% of asylum cases. Before that, Jamaicans had the highest asylum denial rates, and Somalians also had one of the highest asylum denial rates in that same period in 2017, which I will like add that in a time when their country was in civil unrest. So Somalians also experienced a high rate of deportation. That's from the American Bar Association. So like, as we are thinking about like ICE and people that are detained, Think about also the way that oppression shows up and anti-Blackness is also presented in these cases where Black people, I'm saying we because I'm Black, (laughs) we are being grossly affected. And when I say Black, I'm talking about people from the diaspora that identify as Black in the hands of the state. But I mean, and that's not even to downplay like Hispanic, Latinx people either because they're mostly Black too. Mm-hmm. we're talking about on top of all of those people, there's even higher numbers of people that normally would be just considered straight out black. Mm-hmm. Phenotype wise, they would, you can see them and they would identify as black. Right. It also is Latinx Heritage Month. I don't know how people are celebrating there, whether that is to give to a bail fund that specifically helps black immigrants or like to find other organizations. I know Project South will be listed and there's another one, Black Immigrant. Mm, I think it is, I don't know. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but like if that's something that you want to do or even restorative justice, I'm one organization already, like they have a donation for my next paycheck. As I was reading their information, I was like, oh, I have to be a part of this. But yeah, like if that's a way that you want to show honor, that's a way that we can show up and like be a co-conspirator in that way. I just I'm also thinking about like not even just the detention thing, but like I know we mentioned it, but I feel like we kind of just skirted past like the forced hysterectomies, like cutting women open, taking out and not just women, but pe- those who identify as women, mm-hmm. cutting them open taking out part of their reproductive system. I mean, I know women who've had to have hysterectomies because of issues like thyroids and things like that. And the hormonal changes they go through, the other issues that happen when that happens. But that's for medical reasons. I'm assuming, and I'm probably right, that they're doing this because they don't want Black people having any more kids. I don't know. We don't have the statistics right now, but the doctor that was doing it, he's also been cited on this multiple times in Georgia, like before this case even comes out. So why would our government contract with the person that's already have like multiple human rights complaints behind them? You know they don't care. 
<laughs> right. But yeah, like, I don't think there's enough emphasis being placed on the fact that you go to sleep for one thing and you wake up and you don't have a uterus. Like, you no longer have the ability to have children. The impact that that would have on your life, not to mention if you are not a native English speaker, there may be a possibility that you don't even know what happened to you or what is happening in recovery. You just know that you are injured. You find out later whenever you get access to translation services, that you no longer have a uterus. That's crazy. It's like, weren't they doing forced um, sterilization? And wasn't it South Carolina? Was it South Carolina? It was recent too. And they were like, now just finding out that they weren't able to have kids because of something the government was doing to them. Like, it's crazy. That's what I was telling you. Even with the like IUDs that people, like they've been rebranded and, you know, reconcept now and like mm-hmm. hopefully much safer. But when they tested the IUDs, they specifically tested in low income areas with black and brown people. And they caused a lot of ovarian cancer, fibroids, and a lot of the issues that we're even seeing right now just like through like test trials of birth control methods. Yeah, so if you don't know, IUD inner or intrauterary device is a form of birth control where they stick this little copper thing up inside your uterus so that you, you know, you can't get pregnant. You put it in there, you like set it and forget it. Yeah, and, basically. Yeah. I think up to five years and there's an option like copper, non-copper, hormonal, non-hormonal. Yeah. I think there are some options there. Because a lot of hormonal birth control causes issues personally I've had issues um growing up with hormonal birth control like uncontrolled weight gain and depression and excessive bleeding all kinds of issues yeah and people just be acting like (laughs) it's crazy but yeah so with these IUDs I've heard from all people with uteruses that they you know there's issues with them falling out with them getting stuck like forever with them turning a certain way or migrating to another part of their body yeah i don't know there's not like a nice way to wrap up this episode at all Uh, you know what next time we're gonna come with something huh like a sarah beck oh yeah we're gonna come with something more light next week or like i'm not gonna get us on a a cadence but next time y'all hear us we're gonna gonna come with something a little more light but yeah like there's not a nice way to wrap this up but i just think in closing we should think about how we honor and protect black women how we are socialized as caretakers how we are honoring our latinx community how we are honoring our detainees and like how we are giving to like people that identify um as black people that identify as latinx and like anybody that's in custody of of the state right now how we are showing up for them those would be my like ask of like where we are but i don't know okay so crystal what's keeping you transcending (laughs) um on a positive note keeping me transcending i would say you know us finally really getting some contracts in for our consulting business so that we can drop the facts the knowledge all of that on you know these organizations who are really trying to change and be better so i'm excited to be working with new groups of people who want to make real change and actually care for us caretakers 
Yeah. I think today was just a really strong day business-wise. Usually we're like, oh, well, we doing this thing. We like, eh. I'm not going to say imposter syndrome because I try not to believe in imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome all the time. Listen, we are expansive. (laughs) (laughs) We are expansive as Black people. I try not to believe in imposter syndrome. Not to say that. Some days we're like, oh, crap is this gonna work is this working out where are we and to actually start gaining ground is they're affirming to the work that we are doing people are like hey i've been following you hey i've been watching this i'm like girl y'all see me <laughs> y'all see me little on me it, it's it's a testament to the work we've been doing and i i think you know we took some weeks where we were a little bit more on the end of self-care but for the most part we have been fully invested and just getting everything off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> the team keeps me transcending. It's our operations person's birthday today. She's not on the pod. She she behind the scenes. She <laughs> but our team is just like works really well together. That may be because we're all earth signs. I just figured it out the other day. <laughs> Virgo. So we'd be about this bag, you know, and she's very detail oriented. We can get the vision. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, <laughs> it's working. So I, no slander on the other side. No, no slander, but no slander, but slander. No slander, <laughs> but Capricorns, though. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> but yeah, like our team is really productive, and you guys give me so much energy. Even when I'm like, I'll come back on Slack off the weekend. Y'all, y'all sent thirty Slacks on like what we need to do. I'm like, oh yeah, my bad. I was right, and then you don't even be on there. And I text, I have to text you like, yo, go look at Slack. (laughs) Man, so many things we killing it. Even when I take a nap. I'm super happy for us. That keeps us transcending. Now, where you can find us on the World Wide Web. Like, look, take it old school. You don't even type that no more. Um, <laughs> where you can find us on the World Wide Web. If you want to also seek our consulting services, we are at www.pivotalparadigmproject.org. And the 30 minute consultation is free. Oh, hey. Hey. Club. Club. <laughs> but we're on instagram facebook as pivotal paradigm project we're on twitter as pivotal paradigm you can email us at team at pivotal paradigm project.org we'll get right back to you if you want to follow all things podcast related we're on instagram at sick.tired.transcendent we're on facebook as sick tired transcendent we're on twitter as sick tired pod our email is sick that tired that transcendent at gmail.com all right we dropped a lot on y'all this week come back next time <laughs> if you have any questions if you have a story to share on any of the topics we talked about anything like we would love to dig deeper into what you're talking about maybe make a whole episode up and feature your story because it's more time. it's more well oh well about time but you know there are more people in the world than us mm-hmm and we don't know everything. We haven't experienced everything. So I, I love to learn and would love to hear more about any of the things. If you on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> if you are Jimmy from LinkedIn. Jimmy. This is me. 
Jimmy from LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, we just put the request up for our guest um, contributors for our actual business blog. So if you want to amplify your voice, we have a platform and we are willing to do it. We see the views. We see the listens. We know Y'all you. lurking. <laughs> we know you here. <laughs> like, while you here, go ahead and shoot a little email. We got time. Well, <laughs> but yeah, it's been great. See y'all later. Bye.